What's up, everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? We're here for another great episode of Next Level Thinking. It's your host, Chris Holmes, giving you great value stories and much more. And today I have my special guest by the name of Jeremy Big J Rizzle. I hear you from that 30 Southwest Houston, H Town. I want to make sure. Yeah, Houston, baby. Third War, Texas, all black, a few Mexicans. You know how it is. Cool, cool, cool. So go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to dive right and have some fun with this. Yeah, you know, I'm an independent artist. I rap. I'm all things creative, food, got a good business mind. I'm woke with the culture. I understand group economics. So we can get in there, whatever. We can span this conversation wherever you want to go. Cool, cool, cool. So I want to kind of go to the origin kind of story. So how did you, matter of fact, let's back up. Houston, rep your home. So like, you know, tell a story about like your um, upbringing and like the story behind that so we can um, build up with you in the storyline. Yeah, so I grew up in Gerald Ward, um, Nellison Park area. You know, everybody knows the trade that's in Houston. It's the hood, just like in any other city. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of good OGs that looked out for me, man. Kept my nose clean. I got into sports and music at a young age. Mom, I actually got signed to a label as a teenager when I was in the Greek until I was 21. And it taught me a lot. So, you know, ended up going to film. So, so, yeah. so, so who was like some of your major influences uh, while growing up in the area? Because, you know, sometimes people be like, my grandma, or like they look up to a certain artist. So, like, everybody was influenced with somebody. So, who was some of your influences coming up? Well, some of my influences were um, just really neighborhood people. Honestly, my big brother, he was a hooper, but he also, he, he was smart too. So, he kept me into the books and showed me the value of going to college. You know, my mama, for sure, she was a grinder, she was a hustler. Man. Hey, she and was going from the hustling yeah. yeah, so really just my whole little neighborhood, man. There, like I say, I had some real good old jeans, man. That you know they looked out for me, and, and they forever embedded in me. Nice, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times it is where it starts at home, from like your grandparents or your like your OGs or like homeboys. I mean, you can go down the list because mm-hmm. you never know because everybody you can learn from. Even when they make mistakes, you can learn from that lesson as well so that you can do even better in your own kind of lifetime. And that's what it's all about. So with that said, were you already doing kind of music savvy and much more during your high, your high school or middle school? Or is he just like, just already like, just t- tell a story and background on that. Yeah, so um, actually like eighth grade is when I first started getting serious in music. Um, it was a local label. They got a distribution deal from Universal. They had two records. And so I was rocking with them for a little while. And then um, one of my one of my partner's cousin wanted to get into it. And so he ended up getting a distribution deal as well for Third Nation ENT. And so I was with a group called Certified. And we was making a little bit of noise in the underground circuit. Got on the Magnificos car tour. Um, we opened up for some big artists like Waka Flocka, Rick Ross. Um, I know that was a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, members going to jail, janky promotions, all that stuff kind of just you know, tore everything down. So, 
I see. So I want you to educate the people like, what is distribution? Because I know like me and you know that, but I want you to educate the audience on this because I know there's going to be younger audience, I mean, artists coming on, probably looking at this video, trying to figure out where to go. So I want you to go ahead and take the lead and educate uh, the audience on this. So distribution is basically a, a bigger company taking your product and getting it to a wide variety of people. So, you know, you could probably just afford to pay for marketing to get your song played in Houston, but a distribution deal allows you to get it played in Atlanta, Miami, New York, uh, LA, and it just opened up different avenues for you. Nice. And like, how did you get, uh, I guess, notice onto that? Was it just like you already creating the music and just caught somebody's attention and the connections just went from there? So give us a little bit of background story on that. Yeah, really just performing at block parties in different hoods. Um, in Third War, we had a, a huge block party every Easter and Mother's Day. The time that, you know, in the bottoms and then going into the CUNY homes and doing their stuff, going in the South Park, doing black parties off MLK, you know, Slab Sundays. So, you know, man, I just caught the eye of a couple people with some money. They put in <laughs> That's the- always good. Yeah. But now you really describe the hustle because a lot of people uh, kind of skip that and put in the groundwork of doing all these uh, venues or even small events because each one of them adds, you know, the momentum to it. And a lot of times, especially with the internet, I think like a lot of people get comfortable and just want to upload the internet and go. So to the artists who just do that, what would you tell them to encourage them to do a lot more of the groundwork as well? Because of course the internet made it so easy, but you still got the physical work in it too as well. Well, that's what I would say, man. The internet has thousands and thousands and thousands of people doing the same thing that you're doing. So you, you can rise to the top of that, you know, with just one viral song, but most artists make their bones from getting into the ears of DJs and the people. And people really gravitate to live shows that bring more fandom. And I think it builds longevity. You know, an artist that I, I um, look up to as far as the music business, the currency. You know, currency wasn't a huge artist, but he just kept being consistent with his fan base. And, Stand in the streets, stand in the smaller venues, appealing to his niche crowd, and he he built something good with that life. You know where he can live for the rest of his life just making music. It's I completely, I completely agree with that. It's all about building relationships with the people, and mm-hmm. just keep doing that. Building relationships, it just connects to the next person. So I want to follow with this question: is like the importance of holding on to those relationships, giving value, and not burning your bridges. Because you know, some people when they get to a certain time like, "Nah, I'm good. I don't need you no more." <laughs> not to be completely transparent, because that's how some people do. But I want to get your feedback on that. Man, I I'm a bridge builder, man. I, I I'm not big on burning bridges, even if I don't need what you have right now. You, somebody I know might need that. You know, and I and I'm I'm a big fan of lifting as we climb. Like we got to be able to. I like to have a network. You know, of people where if you needed something like photography, I know a guy who took pictures for me three years ago did a good job. I could plug you with him. You know, anything. So I think, especially in music, having a network. You know, it's always important that you can go back to and say, "Hey, let's work together on this." 
you know, do different projects together. And you said network. That kind of reminds me, I think, of like group economics. And it's funny how, like, some of my past guests have mentioned or touched on this as well, but it's all, to me, I feel like the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have an economy, like, in music or in business, because each person's going to keep connecting, like you said, or another person for photos, or another person for you know, your investments, or I know a person for your insurance, or I know a person who has, like, quick, great equipment, like, for the mics and speakers, and when yeah. you build a community, everybody's just, you know, get fed. Kind of reminds me a, a bit of, like, the, I know you've heard, like, the, the Black Wall Street. Yeah. That's something I feel like we were very powerful, and we need to get back to that. So, yeah. on a really deep subject, how do you feel about that when it comes, like, the Black Wall Street, and how we need to do that in this present time? So that was one of my big missions, man, to kind of bring our dollar back to our community. And so you know, every other minority community have their town. You got Chinatown, you got little Mexico, you got little Italy, and all these different places, and you got Italian banks, Jewish banks, and all of this. And we have the money. We clearly have the buying power, what is like $2 trillion of buying power in the black community. We can, we can, if we could just funnel in our resources and then start with a few key things, and it'll take some people not making as much money as they could, you know, in the long run for the betterment of the community. But um, banking is the biggest thing. I mean, we got what, six black billionaires in the United States. And two of them are hedge fund guys. You can start small banks to get people loans, and that then it leads into real estate. So now, if we have a black bank that we could go to to get a mortgage, now you got black homeowners. You know what I'm saying? You got black property and things of that nature. And we can, you know, keep everything in house as a community because we have everything. You know, we just don't use it. And it's time for us to start using it and take advantage of our resources. And I'm glad that you brought that out because a lot of people need to hear that or just be charged on to that. Because we have, we're facing constantly on a daily basis, the stereotype. And then of course, the, I hate to say it, but they put us like on this lower level or like expectations of where we should or are able to achieve. We can achieve anything if we put our mind to it. And we need to start putting our mindsets to that. Don't you agree? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. We do need so, to So, being transparent, what do you think is like the main causes that prevents us to slow us down? Now, I know this is one of those subjects that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but I like to provide a lot of value on both sides. So what is the things that's slowing us down to actually reach to that turning point where we can come to a community and start building? I think um, selfishness is the biggest thing. You know, we have a, a me, me, me mentality. Like, how is it benefiting me? Or, you know, how can I get ahead in this? How can I win this business situation? You know, I don't think we have a lot of um, people who are willing to come together and be a conglomerate where we all take a little loss for the bigger game, you know. And that's what we're missing that sacrifice for our, for our culture. Yeah, man, that's so much you can tame more when you work together. Like mm-hmm. I always tell people, like, um, you don't have a Fortune 500 company built off of one person. It comes to <laughs> like come together. <laughs> yes. So um, during the, because you mentioned the hustle from, like, building the momentum and getting distribution and much more, 
Yeah. But I want to kind of go into the college level. So I think you came from my where I was like Sam Houston. Did I hear that right? Yep, yep. I went to Sam Houston. Man. <laughs> um, I pledged Omega South High. So, you know, I, I was kicking it. I was All big. Right. It, go ahead, give it, go ahead. You know, you want to sign my. Let me play that. Song. If I played that song right now, you're right. <laughs> hey, no, straight up. <laughs> So yeah, man. I think man, college was. Hey, college is a big um, part of my development, man. Like, like I said, I come from Third Ward, and you know, I honestly hadn't been too far out of there. I went to school in River Oaks and played football, but I hadn't really been outside of the South Side that much until I went to college. Mm-hmm. You know, and then after I pledged and got active. Um, I started going out of state and doing different things and meeting people and really learning how to network, you know? So, you know, any organization you get in, you get what you put out of, what you put in, you get out of it, really using resources, you know, that those organizations provide, like at those national and district conventions and stuff, man, it could really build you as a person and especially when to get into business. Yes, I completely agree. I can relate to that myself because a lot of the people at Sam Houston end up doing their weddings or yeah. like they needed some video work in the future for their own business. So there's a lot of value when it comes to network, but I want to go even more depth on that because a lot of people, I feel like not enough people network because you have people from different countries. Yeah. This is in the literally right here. We can ask questions. You are, it's like a, it's like a safety net. Now nah, I'm all about being outside the comfort zone, but for most people, it's like a saving net where you can be yourself and kind of venture out and ask different things. So yeah. I want you to answer on your behalf of like the importance of networking at these universities and building relationships going further on that. So from my experience, man, most of the people who listen to my music are from Sam Houston. See? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> my fan base Sam. Uh, me and my guy I do music with EJ. He went to Sam too. EJ Reed mm-hmm. um, did a show a few years ago in Houston, and it was like 250 people at the show, and maybe like 180 of them was from Sam Houston. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's important, bro. When you're in college, that's the time to do all of your entrepreneurial all of because it's like you, you there with everybody. We all trying to. You know, we really want to support because it feels good to see somebody from your school, you know, be successful. You know, if you're not a hater, you know, it, like, <laughs> even Pete saying PJ in the NFL, I get live, even though he's an alpha, you know. <laughs> so, shoes, you know. I think um, that's what's up. And like that, like you said, like the great value of connecting and taking advantage of these opportunities and this policy. And like you were saying, like most of your fan base came from Sam Houston. I'm not going to lie from my own personal experiences. I literally, I'm laughing at myself and pay it off. I wake up, go wake up super early in the morning, like five o'clock in the morning, either here on Instagram, such the hashtag, you already know it's SSHU, see what mm-hmm. profile you find, start DM or the book on Twitter for the popular on, you know, what's, use on the hashtag the same thing just connect with people and yeah. you probably had the same experience i had you know walking through the campus yards and be like wait a minute ain't you <laughs> not on username you be like i don't know your real name but yeah, i think yeah. you your username this <laughs> <laughs> now for sure for sure mm-hmm. yeah. 
So like after college and of course going back into the real world, I, so I feel like everything's part of real world because it's different stages. Like what was going on next after that? Um, so took a little break from music because um, you know, my mom passed in 2012 and I had a, I had just had my son at the time, so it was just a lot going on trying to graduate. And I'm I, I quickly went into I need to make money mode. You know what I'm saying? And so <laughs> yeah, bro, so just hitting the job market hard. You know, it was a little struggle through 2013, but once I started working and getting going, get myself on my feet, I started being more smart with my money. I made some investments early on. Like I um I invested my refund actually. My <laughs> last Y'all need to hear that. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people like to splurge it on some other stuff. Yeah, no, nah, man. Uh, so when my mom passed, I was like, you know, I didn't get left anything. So we, she had insurance. So we were able to pay for the funeral and all that. We didn't have to sell fish plate. But she didn't leave me with nothing. And so uh, when I got my refund, I was like, man, I could go tomorrow. But let me invest this and still, you know, have something for my son when I if I go the next day and I invested in I'm a finance major. Mm -hmm. So I invested into a couple of companies, a, a biofuel company, and it was turning potatoes into diesel fuel. I um invested into Sprint at the time. They were like two dollars and eighty cent because they were tanking. But I just did research because like I say, finance, did some market research and seen that a, a Japanese company was about to purchase it's a bank in Japan that's kind of like their Federal Reserve and you know if they buy something they can make everybody in that country use it so I invested in Sprint the Japanese company bought them the stock went from like $2.80 to $10 and so I made about $17,000 off that one transaction and mm -hmm. I just kept it there, man. Just that was my mindset. Build something to leave for my kid if I was to go tomorrow. Yeah, and it sounds like you know, your kid was your strong like I, I like to a lot of speakers, but like especially Eric Thomas said that's your why. So some mm -hmm. people might have the child as a why or the neighborhood, but that sounds like the focal point of your why that which keeps you going. And so like, we all need to find like that, you know, your own purpose and your why to keep going because you're gonna be challenged by life. You know, you're yeah. gonna be some kind of mercy somewhere here. Like, man, I did not see that coming. Like, why ain't anybody warning? Warn me. Like, I didn't know myself. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. it's like you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, cool. Cool. I, um, I ended up getting back into the music in like 2015. Me and EJ, we started a collective house of raps, <laughs> and um, we just been pushing it. We put on a, a like a mini tour with some of some dope artists from Sound. Hey. Doing, did some stuff for us at uh, South by Southwest, our show in Houston. Um, we did one in Toronto, LA, Atlanta. So then I moved out here to Atlanta a couple years ago. That's what's up. Now I want I gotta touch on this. Um, I think you collabed recently this music video with somebody that think we know about like is it like beat king like helen curtain yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, tell, tell the audience a little bit about that so man i got big is out on all streaming platforms a video on youtube featuring beat king we um 
my buddy was like, man, you need to make a song for big people, bro. Like, he said, it's time for you to drop a song for big people. And so right. I was reaching out to B-King to make the beat. And then I was going to get Maxo Cream on it. And so it was going to be made by B-King, a big dude, Maxo Cream, me, just a whole big dude song. <laughs> but he was, man, B-King was hard to get in touch with. And then um, Maxo Cream, his price had just went up. He got a, a major deal with management and everything from Rock Nation. So he kind of outpriced me. And so my uh, one of my high school friends is June James. He's a super producer now. And he, I hit him up like, hey, bro, you got any beats? Let me hear something. And he was like, you shoot me the bread and come through because he's living in Atlanta. And so I pulled up on him. I was like, man. I got the song that I wrote for big dudes, but I kind of wanted B-King to make it because it 808s be hitting. Mm -hmm. He said, well, let me see, let me hear the song and I might can come up with something. So he made And then I finally got in contact with B-King and sent it to him. And he was like, man, I'm rocking with it. Throw love and jumped on it. I know. He was like, wait a minute, you're going to do what? <laughs> So yeah, man. And so it was up from there. Then I reached out to um to Sheridan to help me coordinate the video because I, I wanted a plus size model thing because the song is really about embracing being big and luxury. You know, I'm kind of I ain't bougie, but I appreciate nice things. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, <laughs> See how you well, put that. I ain't bougie, but I like nice things. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so we got that going because she had the lingerie line and she's a great coordinator. She helped me get the models and we had the whole list set up. She really helped make the vision. It was my invite. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it was it was a it was a good time, bro. It was a good time. B King came through, did his thing, showed love. Oh yeah, it was it was it was festive. Nice. I'm glad that turned out pretty well. So uh, with all this going, like, what's some of like the future plans you got going on? You got the momentum using all this. So what's, what's going on in here? So I just dropped another single, Jump. I got um a couple more in the chamber. One with this dope female artist from Houston named Fida MC. It's really raunchy, but it's perfect for the summertime. Um, I'm looking to throw some events. I got um a craft drink event that I'm going to do here in Atlanta later in the summer. Just craft cocktails, craft wine, beer, and everything. And I'm looking to bring it to Houston on a bigger scale. So just that, man, and um, collabing with different people, marketing, you know, just really hitting the streets and getting music out there. I feel you, I feel you. One thing I am realizing through this whole interview is you are repping Houston high. You are love. <laughs> so I'm giving you props for that. <laughs> man, that's just my ultimate goal is to take everything I'm learning here in Atlanta as far as the music business. They've been successful for 30 years now, breaking artists and taking independent artists and putting them into great positions. And so um, I want to take what I learned here and, and bring it to Houston to really help because we have a lot of talent in Houston, man, and in Dallas, you know, and just takes it here. We just don't have to set the setup for it. And so, and I'm really learning that out here. So I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. As we come to like closing things up, I want you to, before I do my usual uh, traditional uh, close out, 
tell the audience something important when it comes to like money management, because I think a lot of times we like to just, like get it and not to splurge out. So if you can kind of help the audience or even like an upcoming artist with that, go ahead and drop them on jewels. Man, a budget is your best friend. A lot of the times it's not the amount of money we have, but where we allocating the money to. Wait a minute, you gotta say that again. No, 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 you ain't gonna say that one time. <laughs> I think they, they probably didn't hear the first time. Say it one more time. <laughs> it's not about the amount of money you have, but where you allocating the money to. Okay. So be tight on your budget. Be lean in places that are um, discretionary, like you're eating out. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're drinking your, your vices. Lean on that and heavy on your savings so you can do. I'm not telling you to stay back, you know, stockpile all your money, but make sure you have a budget for what you want to do. If you know you need marketing and it's going to cost $500, make sure you save enough money where you can spend $500 and it won't hurt you. Exactly, because it's an investment in yourself. It's not exactly. really a loss. It's, it's not. This is like mm -hmm. a mindset. So we, you're on that same frequency when it comes to that. So now for the fish to close out, tell um audience, tell the audience where they can find you and then leave us a closing statement and then we're out of here. Man, y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Big J Rizzle. I got the website coming soon. It'll drop later this summer. It'll be bigjrizzle.com. Um, so just be on the lookout. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, man, and let's connect. Awesome, awesome. Closing statement. Close us out. All right, man. So save your money. Enjoy life. Keep love, man. Don't be selfish. Hey, you heard it from the man himself. It's your host, Chris Holmes. As always, as we bring great guests to help you elevate, take it to the next level. Make sure you share, subscribe, and much more. And again, in case you miss it, so you hear on replay, I have my special guest by the name of Big J. Awesome, awesome. Now we're out. You make sure you subscribe and share because we got some more great guests and great value. Take it to the next level. Peace.